Right? Are you ready for the word? I'm sure you are. Okay. Psalm 119. We're not going to read the whole psalm. Okay. But don't worry. I have something in my heart that I want to share with you. Um, who of you saw the morning devotion yesterday, abiding in his love? This will, will flow along with that message. If you didn't see it, uh, make some time to to watch that message also. It's not a very long one. It's about 20 minutes, 25 minutes or so. But um, it's, there's something that's, that's really awesome that's in that message. So I, I want to kind of continue on that on that also so some of it will be repeated but i'm sure you won't mind if you saw it all right so psalm 119 verse 105 says the following your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path all right so jesus said let's just quickly go there in john chapter 9 just if you can run with me to John chapter 9. Now, remember in John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. The Word was with God, and, and uh, He was present with God. From the beginning, all things were made through Him, and without Him was nothing made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. So in the Word was life, and the life was the light. So Psalm 119 verse 105, uh, In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Your word is a light unto my path. Okay, and then it says, um, verse 14, And the word became flesh and tabernacled among us, or dwelt among us, or abided among us, and we actually saw his glory, his honor, his majesty, and such glory as an only begotten son receives from his father, full of grace and truth. Okay, so... Uh, that's the word became flesh and we saw glory. The word is light life and that light life became flesh and we saw the glory of that light. All right, so let's just um, move over to, to John chapter, no, John chapter 8, sorry. Yes, John chapter 8 verse 12, he says, um, one more, once more Jesus addressed the crowd. He said, I am the light of the world. So he's the world, the word became flesh and he's now we, they're beholding his glory. And he says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not be walking in the dark, but will have the light, which is life. So in the word was the life and the life was the light. Your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Okay, so he is the word. And when we hear and believe the word, the word comes into us and the word becomes flesh in us. And as we follow the word inside, directing us, the spirit abiding in us, directing us forward, um, we will always walk in the light. So he says, if you follow me, you will not be walking in the dark. So you need to follow him. And him is the word. You need to be following the word. And you need to be following the spirit of God abiding because the spirit is word. Uh, John chapter 6 verse 63, he says, uh, the flesh has no benefit whatsoever. Uh, that's, so that's the darkness. He says, uh, it is the spirit that gives light. 
and we know oh, a life, and we know that the life is light. It's the spirit that gives life. And then he says, my words that I've been speaking to you. So there's relationship, there's love, there's contact. He says, I have been speaking it to you in relationship. The words that I've been speaking to you are spirit, and they are life. So the word is spirit, the word is life, the word is light, and the word comes to abide in us um, and we need to abide in the word. Okay, so as we follow him, as we are moved by the word, moved by the spirit, Second Corinthians 5.14, moved or compelled or moved by his love, we will be walking in light and not in the darkness. All right, so let's go back to Psalm 119. So verse, let's round about verse 160. Just on the way there, 140 says, Your word is very pure, therefore your servant loves it. Wonderful. Okay. Uh, Psalm 133. Establish my steps and direct them by means of your word. Let not any iniquity have dominion over me. How amazing is that? Dominion does not have, uh, iniquity does not have a dominion over you as you follow what the word says. So what does the word says in Romans chapter 6? He says, sin shall not have dominion over you since now you are not under the law but under grace. So how powerful is that? So when you follow what the word says, Sin loses or iniquity loses its dominion and its power over you. Okay, so uh, we read that. Okay, Psalm 147, I anticipated the dawning of the morning and cried in childlike prayer, I hoped in your word. My eyes anticipate the night watches and I am awake before the cry of the watchman that I may meditate on your word. Okay, 153, consider my afflictions and deliver me, for I am not, uh, I do not forget your law. That was still the time of the law. Now we have the law of the spirit of life inside us. So we have a law to meditate on is everything that the Holy Ghost says. So uh, verse 154, plead my cause and redeem me, revive me, and give me life according to your word. You see the power there in the word. It says here, verse 159, Consider how I love your precepts. Revive me and give me life to me, O Lord. Give life to me, O Lord, according to your loving kindness. Now, these following verses have meant so much to me throughout the, the years. The sum of your word is truth. So Jesus says, John 14, I am the way and the truth and the life. Do you see the, 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 the parallel? Jesus is now... Uh, everything that the word says, he is, he is that incarnate, he's that in a, in a body. The word made flesh, uh, the glory being made visible. Okay, the sum of your word is truth, the total of the full meaning of individual precepts. And every one of your righteous decrees endures forever. Okay, so what are the righteous decrees? The, the, the decrees that ministers righteousness to us. It says in the last verse of 1 Peter chapter 1, it says uh, the word endures forever. And this word is the gospel that was preached to you, the message of the cross. And that gospel was evident from Genesis to Revelation right through everything in the law and the prophets. It all testified the same message of Jesus coming to this earth and paying the price for the sin of all people of all uh, time. 
All right, then he says, verse 161, Princes pursue and persecute me without cause, but my heart stands in awe of your words, dreading violation of them far more than the force of prince or potentate. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great spoil. (laughs) I rejoice at your word as one who finds great spoil. Now, remember the scriptures that says, gather not for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust corrupt, but gather for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust does not corrupt and where thieves do not break through and steal. So your word, I rejoice at your word as one who finds great spoil. It's the greatest treasure that we have, and it's eternal, all right? I hate and abhor falsehood. But your law do I love. Seven times a day and all day long do I praise you because of your righteous decrees. So this is what happens. We love him and we love his word. Um, and we start hating falsehood in, instead of indulging in it. And then he says, seven times a day and all day I praise you. So our lips start praising him if we abide in the word. And then he says, great peace have they who love your law or your word. Nothing shall offend them and make them stumble. Okay. Um, this generation that we are living in is uh, very proficient in taking offense. <laughs> you hurt my feelings. Oh, well, the word says your feelings won't be so hurt if you love the law of the Lord, the law of the spirit of life. If you, if you love the word of God, uh, nothing shall offend you or make you to stumble. So it's not, the, it's not the greatest wrong that someone can do to offend someone. Jesus said the gospel offends. So uh, the gospel gives offense to, to the religious and to the, to the philosophical. First Corinthians chapter 1. So it is, if, they, if they hated him, they will hate us. So giving offense in itself is not, is not per se the, the big problem. The problem is, are you always walking in judgment and offense? Are you offended and you're looking for things to be offended about or do you dwell in the word and does the word dwell in you do you abide in the word and does the word abide in you and if the word abides in you it says great peace have they who love your word nothing shall offend them or make them to stumble okay Psalm verse 169, uh, let my mournful cry and supplication come near before you, O Lord. Give me understanding, discernment, and comprehension according to your word. Let my supplication come before you. Deliver me according to your word. My lips shall pour forth praise with thanksgiving and renewed trust when you teach me your, your statutes. My tongue shall sing praise for the fulfillment of your word, for all your commandments are righteous. Let your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I have longed for your salvation, O Lord, and your law, in your law is my delight. Let me live that I may praise you and let your decrees help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek, inquire for, demand your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. Okay, so uh, when, when we abide in the word of God, we see a lot changing in us. We see him and his life and his light coming forth into our lives and directing our path and changing the very nature, changing the very thing inside of us. All right, so... 
Um, I want to go to to the book of John again. And I want to start in John chapter 14, and with, that's kind of where I started yesterday. Um, and I want you to see the connection between the person Jesus and the Word. The Word and the person Jesus is just one, okay? And, and Jesus reveals the Father, so the Word reveals the Father. And um, Jesus is the Word made flesh. So when Jesus speaks, it is the Word of God. That Word... Uh, brings life and light to us. It it gets us closer to Him. All right. So John chapter fourteen. He says, verse six: "I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." Okay. So Philip says, show us the Father. He says, uh, that then we shall be satisfied. Have I been with you so long a time and you, you do not recognize and know me yet? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Okay, so when we see him, we see the Father. He reveals the Father. So if we want to be intimate with the Father and get to know the Father, we need to get to know Jesus. But if we want to know Jesus, we need to get to know the Word because he is the Word made flesh. All right. Good. Let's read here in verse 20, 21. Mm. Okay, so from verse 16, he says, He will send us a comforter, a helper, that he will remain with you forever. Uh, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive Welcome, take to its heart, because it does not see him and know and recognize him. But you know and recognize him, for he lives with you constantly and will be in you. So you will recognize God because he's inside you, and you dwell with him constantly. Okay, so verse 18. I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, desolate. I will come back to you. Verse 19, just a little while now. And the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. He is a life-giving spirit. He is the one quickening the dead. So he is life. If he lives and he's inside us, then we will live also. Verse 20. At that time, when that day comes, you will know for yourselves that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. So that's also what he prayed in John chapter 17. He says, Lord, I pray that they may be one. I in them and they in me as I am in you and you are in me. So because Jesus is one with the Father and the Father is one with Jesus and Jesus is one with us and us and we are one with Jesus, therefore we are with the Father and we can know the Father. Okay, And because Jesus lives because of his union with the Father, we now live because Jesus lives and he lives inside of us. Okay, now, the person who has my commands and keeps them. I want you to, uh, to just understand that those commands are not the Ten Commandments of Moses. This is Jesus speaking and he gave commands himself. Okay, like go into all the world and, and preach the gospel and these signs will follow them that believe and they will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover, etc. Cast out demons, etc. So there's commands, but there's words, there's sayings, there's precepts, there's statutes, everything coming out of him. 
And that's what Psalm 119 ultimately refers to, is the person who is the word, and he is the light and the life, and that gives life to our feet. Okay, so the person who has my commands, my words, and keeps them is the one who really loves me. So the keeping them is treasuring it in your heart like a treasure. Uh, I um, rejoice at your word like someone who finds great spoil. Uh, yes, but it's also obeying it and doing it. Uh, James chapter 1, um, we need to be doers of the word and not only listeners to it. Okay, so we need to do what he says, and that is seeking the kingdom of God. That is uh, standing under the authority of the king and seeing his authority move in and through us. We need to hear his commands and go out and do it and speak it. Right. If The person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who really loves me. So how do I, how do I love him as I abide in the word? How do I abide in him? I abide in the word. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my father. And I too will love him. And will show, reveal, manifest myself to him. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. Judas, not Iscariot, asked him, Lord, how is it that you will reveal yourself and make yourself real to us and not to the world? Jesus answered, if a person really loves me, he will keep my word, obey my teaching, and my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home, our abode, our special dwelling place with him. All right? So you, you feel him, you hear him. He, his presence is with you. You know he's with you. It's not just a, a thing of um, getting knowledge and information. It is getting close to the person. Anyone who does not really love me does not observe and obey my teaching. So it's, if you don't love him, you don't, you don't uh, abide in the word. All right? And the teaching which you hear and hear is not mine but comes from the Father who sent me. So he didn't say, abide in the doctrines that you heard on, at university. He didn't say, abide in the doctrines of your church. He didn't say, abide in the law of Moses. The law of Moses can be the word as, as much as we see the law and the prophets testifying about Jesus and him being revealed in it. But if we look to the law and we see ourselves and we try to obey the law as a means of righteousness, it is an abuse of the law and it's a violation of Scripture. And we are not being obedient to the righteousness of God. Uh, that's uh, Romans chapter 10. Um, he says, verse 1, I, uh, my heart for Israel is that they may be saved. So they're not saved. He says, for I bear them witness, verse 2, that they have a zeal for God, an enthusiasm for God, but it is not according to correct and vital knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God, they, uh, they insist on, uh, on their own righteousness, on producing uh, their own righteousness. Okay? Uh, and then it says, for Christ is the end of the law, the limited which he ceases to be as a means of righteousness. So, um, Christ is the, our means of righteousness. Faith in Christ is our righteousness. Um, it is not in obedience to the law. So if we look at the law and trying to do the law as a means of righteousness, 
um, we, will, we are not abiding in the word because we are doing exactly the opposite of what the word says. The word speaks of Jesus having fulfilled it all and we need to abide in the word and let that message dwell in our hearts. And we need to dwell in our minds in that message. Later on in Romans, it says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, In view of the mercies of God, I beg of you to, bring, to dedicate your bodies as a living sacrifice to God, um, which is your intelligent worship and pleasing service to God. Then it says, uh, do not be conformed to this world, verse 2, but be transformed by the entire renewal of your mind. Okay, so how is our mind renewed? Our mind is renewed by Him, these words, the Spirit Word of God, uh, touching our hearts, touching, dwelling our hearts, coming, being received in the heart, not in the intellect. Uh, he didn't call us to, to become doctors. It's not wrong to be a doctor. It's wonderful. There are many uh, doctors of... Um, Theological doctors that raise the dead and heal the sick. Uh, just uh, think about um, Heidi Baker, how she is going all over the world and uh, healing the sick and bringing the kingdom to people. And she's a doctor of theology. Okay, so so it's not it's not wrong to be a doctor of theology. But if you don't have Jesus and you, are, you only have your degree to stand on, then you're in trouble. Okay, so uh, abiding in the word is not ab abiding in doctrines. Okay, your doctrine can't save you. It's Jesus Christ. So we, we shouldn't um, exalt our uh, traditions and our doctrines and our things above the knowledge of God and above intimate fellowship with God. There's even doctrines that say that we cannot have intimate fellowship with God. <laughs> and we can't see the signs and wonders and miracles. What there is he? But uh, we need to have a heart that is soft and open and teachable to the Spirit of God. And we need him to reveal himself to, through the Word. So if we abide in the Word uh, and do the Word, those are the ones that really love him. Okay, And he will come and make his abode with us. He will love us. The Father will love us and make the special dwelling place with us. Okay, so let's move on to John chapter 15. So I want to start with verse, verse 1. So today is the long version. <laughs> so I'm going to say much more than I could yesterday because yesterday was just a short little clip. But please do watch yesterday's message. Okay, so I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit, he cuts away and trims off and takes away. And he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. Now, just to think of the pruning as cleansing. Think of the pruning um, of, for instance, uh, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word according to Ephesians chapter 6. And the, the sword of the Spirit... Um, which is the word in, in Hebrews chapter 4. And the, the word is a double-edged sword that goes into the heart and divides between the breath of life and the soul and divides between the bone and marrow, sifting and analyzing and the, judges the very thoughts and intents and purposes of the heart. So um, when the word comes in, the word comes and prunes, the word comes and cleanses, and it cuts away all the hard calloused bits. 
according to Hebrews 4. And that's the circumcision of the heart. But also, according to, to the, the, um, the way it speaks in, in John 15, it cleanses and prunes all the dead branches, all the hard, callous dead bits. And that's a wonderful thing. I want all the dead bits to be cut out of me by the word. So we, if, when we abide in the word, all that stuff is just cut out and removed. Okay. So that we may bear fruit. Make it bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. You are cleansed and pruned already because of the word which I have given you. The teachings I have discussed with you. So it's the person speaking it to them. So it's the teachings of Jesus. Um, that, and if we receive those teachings in our heart and do those teachings, we are the ones that love him. And he will love us and come and abide in us. Okay. Dwell in me and I will dwell in you. You see, the same message is just in a different vision. Okay. It says, dwell in me and I will dwell in you. Live in me and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches, whoever lives in me. And I in him bears much fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. If a person does not dwell in me, he is thrown out like a broken off branch and withers. Such branches are, are gathered up and thrown into the fire and they are burned. So a lot of people think, oh, God is now so so um, bad that he will throw out the broken off branch. Oh, he throws out the broken off branch. Hey, it's the branch that didn't abide in him. So if the branch doesn't receive the sap and the fruit, it's dead. So what use is the, a dead branch to a vine dresser. If you talk to any guy that um, that works on a on a vineyard, the dead stuff needs to come out. Otherwise, the rest of the vine is compromised. All right. So, God wants us to bear fruit, and He wants us to abide in Him and He in us. We need to abide in the Word. If you live in Me and My words remain in you, continue to live in your hearts. Ask whatever you will, and it will be done for you. Okay. So when you abide in the word and the word abide in you, you ask and you receive. You bear fruit. Okay. Uh, also, First John 3 mentions it, and he says, um, if our hearts condemn us not, we have boldness toward God, and we receive from him whatever we ask. Because we watchfully obey his orders and observe his suggestions and injunctions. And this is his order that we should believe in the Son and love one another just as he has commanded us. Okay, so verse 8 says, When you bear much fruit, my Father is honored and glorified, and you show and prove yourselves to be true followers of mine. I have loved you just as the Father has loved me. Abide in my love. Continue in his love with me. Okay. I have loved you just as the Father has loved me. Abide in my love. Continue in his love with me. If you keep my commandments, if you continue to obey his instructions, you will abide in my love and live on in it just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments and live on in his love. Okay. This is so wonderful. He says, I have loved you as the Father has loved me. 
that love between the Father and the Son, He has extended to us. Now, abide in my love. The Word says, abide in my love. There is love in the Word. The Word says, abide in my love. Continue in His love with me. So He opens up Himself and let us come into Him so that we can abide in the love relationship between the Father and the Son. If you keep my commandments, if you continue to obey my instructions, you will abide in my love and live on in it just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments and live on in His love. I have told you these things that my joy and delight may be in you and that your joy and gladness may be of full measure and complete and overflowing. Wow. This is just awesome. This is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. No one has greater love no one has shown stronger affection than to lay down and give up his own life for his friends. Okay, so we need to get this. His love towards us is revealed by him uh, dying on the cross for us. And that's what the word says. That's how much the Father loves you. God so loved the world that he even gave up his only begotten son. So that whosoever believes in him might not perish, but have eternal, everlasting love. All right. So uh, it is important that we abide in the word of the gospel, that we abide in the word of the cross of Christ and the blood of Jesus. And let that word abide in us. And as that word abide in us, uh, the love of the Father between the Father and the Son abides in us and we abide in that love. You abide in the word of the love of God being manifested towards us uh, when you abide in the word. You abide in his love. Okay, so I hope, um, I hope that has come through clearly for you. All right, so let's go to Colossians chapter 3. It says here, be gentle and forbearing with one another. And if one has a difference, a grievance or a complaint against another, readily pardoning each other, even as the Lord has freely forgiven you, so must you also forgive. Okay, so we receive the pardon, the forgiveness of Jesus, and that's his love being demonstrated towards us. And so must we also forgive. So we demonstrate that love to others also. We love him because he first loved us, and it's First John chapter 4, and now he's forgiven us, and therefore we forgive. Okay, now it says in verse 14, and above all these, put on love, enfold yourselves with a bond of perfectness, which binds everything together completely in ideal harmony. So love is the bond of perfectness or perfection. And uh, we abide in love when we abide in his word in, in the in the covenant which is perfect. Um, Hebrews chapter 8 says God finds fault with the old covenant, with the law, um, saying that uh, he will bring a new covenant. And in the new, he says, uh, he, will, he will no longer say to one another, know the Lord for they will all know me from the least to the greatest. And then it says, and, um, and I will remember their sins no more. I will write my laws on their hearts and their minds. That's the Holy Spirit coming to dwell in us. And, I, and 
my um, I will write my laws on their hearts and minds, and their sins and iniquities I will remember no more. What a love that he would go through that cross so that we could live and so that we could be forgiven like this and be cleansed. And let the peace, the soul, harmony which comes from Christ rule and act as an umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds in that peaceful state to which as members of Christ's one body you were also called to live. And be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always. Let the word spoken by Christ have its home in your hearts and minds and dwell in you in all its riches, richness as you teach and admonish and train one another in all insight and intelligence and wisdom and spiritual things. And as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody to God with his grace in your hearts. All right. Whatever you do, no matter what it is, in word and deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. Let the word of God dwell in your heart in all its richness. We need to dwell in his word. If we dwell and abide in his word, we abide in him. If we abide in his love, we abide in him. Uh, and we need to dwell in him. All right, so First uh, John 4 also, I'll just quickly mention this. I've, I've touched on it this week a lot. But it says here, and, and we know and believe the love God cherishes for us. God is love. So how can we know and believe the love God cherishes for us? The word spoke of that love. The word imparts that love. So when we dwell in the word, we know and believe what the word is saying and the word reveals that love and he says and he who dwells and continues in love dwells and continues in God and God dwells and continues in him so if the word abides in us and we abide in the word then love abides in us and we abide in love and God abides in us and we abide in God it is so simple in this union and communion with him, love is brought to completion and attains perfection with us that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. Uh, dread does not exist, but full-grown, complete, perfect love turns fear out of doors and expels every trace of terror for fear brings with it the thought of punishment and so he who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love is not yet grown into love's complete perfection we love him because he first loved us all right so the word of god is much more important than just for teaching uh, the teaching, if a teacher teaches, he needs to teach us to abide, teach us to connect with him, teach us to live in worship, teach us to live in fellowship with Jesus. We need to be in fellowship with Jesus always by letting his word dwell in us in all its richness. In Jesus' name. Okay, so this is the word I have for you today. Um, I really trust and believe that it has done something for you. So may you experience everything that is locked up in the word. May you experience the love of Christ. May you know his glory. May you know his light. May you know his life. May you never walk in darkness. May you always have the ever-increasing light with you, showing more and more, showing your path, 
declaring the, the uh, will of the Lord wherever you go. May you be completely yielded to him. And may the word of Christ dwell in you. May you dwell in his word. May you dwell in his love. And may his love dwell in you. May you dwell in the vine. May you... Uh, may the vine just flow through you and bear fruit. May you dwell in Jesus Christ and may Christ dwell in you. All right. Amen. So thank you for watching. It's it's so nice to have you here uh, with us. So um, I pray that you will experience his grace this week. Uh, remember that we will continue with morning devotions throughout this week, 9 o'clock in the morning. And uh, we will hopefully see you there. So uh, bless you. Let me read some of the testimonies uh, that some of the people posted. I think some of the testimonies would be great. Um, okay. Yanni says, without a request, I was promised, I prompted to send a voice, general healing prayer via WhatsApp to someone. The fever is gone as well as the pain in the legs. No more painkillers needed. Wow, Yanni, what an awesome testimony. Wonderful, 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 wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful testimony. Shaul as a testimony. I prayed for my wife's knee yesterday. She injured it while exercising. And last night she got out of bed to help the kids. And she realized her knee is healed. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, what a testimony. Awesome, the knee is healed. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, Leanne says, although our debt was so much more in this period, God has provided in such a way that we have more food than before. He is so good. Leanne, I just pray for you that you have abundance of harvest in Jesus' name. For, for you and Louis, I pray in Jesus' name that you will have an abundant harvest, overflowing abundant harvest, all debt to be canceled in Jesus' name, Abundance, abundance. We pray for a harvest of all the seed that you have sown in Jesus' name. I think for a time, just be, be in receiving mode and let God provide for you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for this miracle in Jesus' name. All right, everybody. Thank you for watching. Uh, thank you for being with us. Um, it's time for us to end now. I'm just, uh, just going to stop the stream now. Bless you. And we'll see you again tomorrow. Amen.